0: Hello and welcome to the Sly Guy Podcast with me, Dave Elliott. We're trying to fuck things up this week. You know, we're not going to try and be down the line, do things as you expected. Fuck it, we're mixing it up. Me and Ben are two renegade fuckers. He'll not accept that he is a fucker, but he's a fucker. We're fuckers here and we're here to fuck things up. And by that I mean I'm going to start off by just saying, listen, the Sly Guy Podcast is brought to you by several sponsors we're starting off with a sponsor read this week oh wow and the sponsors this week on the podcast are bebe adrianos mexicano so you know what i know what the number one mexican burrito bar in all of north Down. i was going to say all of the world but i don't know for a fact but in my opinion it's the best bebe adrianos provides the most delicious sometimes healthy if you want but here's the thing if you want to be healthy you're on a diet they can cater for that. If you want to be a big, dirty boster like me, you can just get all the shit of the day you want. You know what Ben, producer in the corner, loves? What was the thing you love to get from Bebe Adriano? What was your favorite? Salt and chili box. Salt and chili box. He loves stuff in his box, and he also loves a big dirty cock and cow box, which is another box that they deliver, which is just delicious. Strips of meat, bits of chicken. They've got some nice little peppers in there. They've got some rice. They've got the whole shit all together. Bit of smoked paprika sauce. Bob's your uncle. Fanny's your aunt. Get it down your cake cool. Enjoy yourself. That's Bebe Adrianos. You get 10% off your first order if you download their bespoke app. It's not called Bebe Adrianos, Bebe Adrianos. Bespoke app. It's just a bespoke app that they have, which is available for Android or from the Apple Store. So get yourself the Bebe Adrianos. Fill your mouth full of beef. Say Davey sent you. You'll not regret it. All Although if I was speaking about any sort of other beef that David would fill your mouth with, you would definitely regret it. But not worry about that. The Slag Guy podcast is also brought to you by Manscaped, the number one pubic hair removal company for men and also women because we know it, we've said it before, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times when God made Adam and Eve, from the same stuff, fannies and dicks, same material whoa, listen to me, I'm like a conspiracy theorist, truth speaker, but fact guy so if you want to get hooked up and get rid of that bush, get the Manscaped Manscaped has said to me, hey have you got a bush? If you definitely do, you haven't tried the best products from our Manscaped sponsors today. After using this little device here, I've gone from having quite a substantial man bush to having no bush. If anything, my like I found like if, if we're going to compare things, my pubic hair was in many respects like the Amazon rainforest. It was dense, it was thick, there's lots of oh animals living in it. You know what? But then I came in like big tech companies, big industrialising companies, and I just use this, like they use bushfires, and just fucking raised the rainforest to the ground, and now I have dying wildlife on my groin, but it looks amazing, it smells even better, because they've got the, bo- the crop preserver, they've got... All the products that you want to make your balls smooth. And I was going to say taste good. I don't have any experience whether it tastes good or not. Maybe that's something for Manscaped to look at anyway. But listen, all I'm saying is I used to cut my balls whenever I used a Stanley knife to shave them. Now I use this. There's no blood. Now if you want to be a bollock blood brother with a friend of yours, you can't use this product. Use something different. You know, any other razor to your balls is a problem. But this perfect package 3.0 comes with the Lawnmower 3.0. Mm-hmm. It's all you want for your balls. Um, it comes with Essential Lawnmower 3.0, which is waterproof. There's cordless body. You're not going to electrocute yourself when you're shaving. That's all good for your grooming routine. Um, And if you're looking to get some Manscaped products, you want 20% off, get to Manscaped.com, use the code SlyGuy, it's all capitals, SlyGuy, at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping wherever you are in the world, even if you live in the Amazon rainforest and your house is burnt to the ground and you want to shave your pubes, use the code, say Davey sent you You'll not regret it. I mean, Ben, this could have been the name of this week's episode. Davey sent you, but it sounds creepy. And as usual, the podcast is sponsored by Modest Beer. Modest Beer are small, independent brewery crafting small batch beers for discerning drinkers. All delicious, all nutritious if you don't listen to PTs. And you can find out more about it at any of the handles, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Modest Beer, or visit their website, www.modestbeer.co.uk, for more information. There you go. That's the so toast Thank you guys for sponsoring the podcast. If you'd say fuck big business and you don't like sponsors, you're one of these people. You're wrong because these products are amazing. But if you want to support the podcast on a more sort of ad hoc sort of cult basis, get on the Patreon. I've got a Patreon over there. It's the patreon.com forward slash Guy Podcast, where you get a bonus podcast every week. Me talking extra shit, being extra juicy being extra probably rude and saying things that are much more libelous but get on over to patreon and check that out as well as that we have my little like sort of additional podcast that we're trying at the minute the serial killing a podcast where myself and other comedians talk about serial killing cases i mean what's not to love true crime comedy hey we love it plus if you want to be a uh, a writer slide down from the beginning a fight or well, listen we don't live in america fuck those guys unless you're American, um, we will talk pounds, four pounds a month, you get all my shit, all the extra bonus shit that goes out there, for two pound a month, you just get all the additional podcast stuff, you know, what two extra podcasts a week at the minute, that you get serial killing it, on the Patreon podcast, what's not to love, I'm sure there'll be other shit too, Ben and I are cooking up a storm here, and we've maybe a wee announcement coming in the next few weeks of additional stuff to get over to Patreon, so join all the guys over there, all the girls over there, let's have a real rude time. I mean, not that it's rude in any way unless you want it to get a bit freaky and that's available for you over there on Patreon. Whoa, what about that, guys? There's the raids all over. Let's start the podcast. What have I been up to this week? A lot of stuff, have it? No, false, fake news. You know, fuck all, we're still in lockdown. Open the shops, let me out there. Like, not that I'm a retail guy. Not that I'm like, let, open fucking River Island. Let me go in there and buy a, a, a double XL shirt which is actually probably a medium for like women. You know, they don't have proper sizes in there. They fuck with the big guys. I don't like it, but that's why I don't really go shopping. Don't worry about that. What I do do is I wake up in the morning, I close my eyes again after I open them, and I go, oh, no, another fucking day. And I mean, listen, we should wake up in the morning and go, yes, praise be that we're alive. Sometimes that's hard when you've got kids. Your eyes open, you go, oh, no, what the fuck am I going to do to get these two bastards tired that I can get them to sleep, and I just sit with my eyes closed. Not doing anything, just sitting in a chair with my eyes closed, hoping that nobody calls my name for just more than two minutes. That's all I ask. Just let me sit, not even watching TV, just sitting in peace in a darkened room. That's all I ask. Do you ever get that, Ben, you're a father guy as well, a dad man, a husband. Is that all you want in life, just peace? Is that is that it? And just, like, do you find whenever, you like myself, two young children, do you find that whenever they go to sleep, like you're too tired to actually do anything you want to do yourself? Like, you fantasise about they're going to go to bed, you're going to do all these productive, great things, and then they go to bed, you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, and you're done. Absolutely. And that's it. So today, for me, obviously, it's been Easter, people have been off. That's great. People are like, yes, we get to go off. When you have kids, it's like, oh, no. I've just more time with these guys. There's no school. There's no playgroups. What can we do to entertain these fuckers? Because they're just they're like full of energy. Like I think kids secretly like calpol has cocaine on it. Uh, all kids' food is just gear on it. They're all like fucking ah, daddy. That you just need to tire them. So today I thought you know what I am going to. I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a good guy. My wife. Has been through the mill with these kids the last while. She just is a great mum, Deals with them a lot of the time to let me work. Which by by the way, is this? You know, people are like, "What are you?" This is this is technically my job. I'm coming here talking shit, and this is technically a job. So I mean, listen, help her out. Get on my Patreon, please. But I decided today, listen, I'm off. Don't have anything in the diary. I'm going to entertain my own kids. I mean, my two kids. I'm gonna take them out of the house. I'm gonna do something with them, and I, um, I'm gonna take them to the park. Now, what's nice about that was I went to the park with my friend Nilo, and he brought his son with him. And we thought, you know what, his son, by the way, he's twenty six, and my mate Nilo's sixty. No, that's weird. Um, he's just he's my age. Kids is 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 about one. I think one or two. And we thought, right, where do you want to go to entertain the kids? You know, and he suggested. Going up to Stormont, which I've not been to before, because as avid listeners will know, I am the king of North Down. I don't like to leave North Down. When I do leave, I'm like, I feel like like a wilt. I'm like, you know that rose from Beauty and the Beast. Every day, like leaves fall off. It's just dying. Once the rose it runs out of petals, the Beast can't find love, and he's gonna be stuck in the hideous Beast form forever. That's like me when I leave North Down. Hairs just fall out of my head, and eventually, I'll just be permanently bald. And for today, I thought, you know what, Nato suggested, let's do it. And I said, I'm all for that. So I went to Stormont and uh, went to the play park, which is fine for a three-year-old, which I have. But my wee, my wee baby, it's like six months, she could do fuck fuck all, basically. So I thought, get her in the car, she'll go to sleep, push her on the pram, bish, bash, bosh, tie her out to three-year-old, get home. Wasn't the bee. Got there, baby's awake she wouldn't settle in the pram. She doesn't really cry, she just screams like a pterodactyl. Now, a lot of people have theories as to what a pterodactyl sounds like. I don't know because nobody knows. You know, nobody knows what a pterodactyl sounds like, but the maid sounds like, Aah! and that's just what she does. Always that noise, but louder. So she was there screaming in my ears. We were at the park, got to the gates of the park. It did look a bit like Jurassic Park. Ben, have you been to Stormont Park? Yeah. Yeah. Do you go regularly? No, don't, because it's outside North Down, I'll have you fucking beheaded. Um, so we went there, and what I didn't know at the time was that the play park at Stormont is called the Mo Molum play park. Now, one thing I didn't know, did not know about Mo Moulin, as I did know she was an inspirational politician, responsible, you know, for, in many respects, having a big contribution to the peaceful society peaceful society. We enjoy today. What I didn't know was she was absolutely fucking mad for a slide. She went bucked aft for a roundabout. She loved it. So I, they just made a play park because apparently, in between being stressed out, dealing with trying to trying to negotiate the Good Friday Agreement, she just went out in the gardens of Stormont, got in a swing, and chilled out. You know, and I was gutted when I got there to see that there was actually no statues of her in the play park like on a swing or like on a roundabout or going down a slide because I thought that would have been pretty dope. You know, Mo Molem just, you know, at the top of like, there's a big castle in there, like just have her at the top of the castle, just waving over. I think that would have been a really nice touch, but it was a good play park. A lot of people there. I don't like people. Felt a bit uncomfortable. Just decided after a bit, let her run about. We'll just go into the park for a while. So left the play park, went into the grounds of Stormont, which I've not been in 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 a lot of years. You know, but when I was there, I was sort of at the bottom of the big, you know, the big, like, I guess it's a a driveway up to the actual Stormont building at the top of the hill. And then you've got the, it's Carson, isn't it, up there? Like, flipping, giving it stacks going. I think, I don't know what he's saying, but it looks like, fucking you! And then he's just there. And I thought, what a nice looking building. You know, what a beautiful building. Nice surroundings. I thought to myself, you know... What a nice place to be filled with such wankers. You know, you're sitting there, you're looking up going, this is a really nice building, nice surroundings, full of the biggest bunch of twats you could imagine. You know, you look at the way things are in the country at the minute and you go, well, this is where our leaders should be sorting things out, but they're not. You know, with two parties running the country at the minute. One who doesn't even acknowledge that the country is a country. The other, who's like, we are British, we are British, ah, let us be so British, doesn't accept British rule. You know what I mean? There's kind of an oxymoron, we will have no sea border, ah, but then why don't you have the same rules when it comes to, like, gay marriage and abortion? Why don't you just accept if it's one, it's all for one, one for all? The other party being like, nah, we're just governing a country don't acknowledge exists. Yeah, they're happy to take that dough. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's it's just moronic, you know, and until we get rid of that fucking backward thinking, we're going to be fucked, and it pisses me off being there at the Mo, Mo and Play Park with my kids growing up in a society that's still as backward as it's always been. There's still parties that are being voted in based on on shit that doesn't really matter in day-to-day life. You know, colours of flags, you know, things that are, like, way down the line, that shouldn't matter. Stuff like jobs, housing, you know, communities. All this stuff actually matters the day to day. Feeding your family, looking after them. Who gives a, who gives a shit, really, about, about flags and what you are when at the end of the day people are struggling to work, people are struggling to get an education, people are struggling to feed their kids. It's bullshit. Yet yeah, You have these politicians up there taking all the money of the day, driving kids out into the streets to riot you know, with their fucking, their rhetoric which people don't even understand what the fuck's going on in this country, they're out throwing petrol bombs, getting themselves criminal records being totally vilified because our, our leadership's a total disgrace, you know, and that's the biggest kick in the dick when you're there and you're going you know, there's people out there not even knowing what they're fighting about and then you've guys up at government, I could give names, I'll give you a clue there's a guy who doesn't follow me on Twitter it's blocked me you know, he's a prime example. What's this guy all about? You know what I mean? I just it just frustrates you, you know what I mean? I just think, you know, having worked within communities on both sides of the divide, all the same problems. You know, they talk about doing projects to try and engage youth, try to help out youth, try to, you know, move things forward, try to bring more income into communities, trying to support communities themselves. You have people living in atrocious conditions. You have people you know, not having any sort of hope of getting through it, and then they're just, you know, there's nothing to lose, and they're being forced to the streets to fight because our politicians are fucking idiots. Until that changes, until people get rid of the actual hate that is still at the core, the goading, the this side is right, this side... Like, even Jerry Kelly's tweeting about the Easter Rising whenever there's fucking riots. Like, what's he at? Chill out. You know what I mean? There's a time and a place, guys, but not not a clue. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. And for me, um... You know, how people are like, well, mister, how are you going to stop the riding? Well, what I would say to do, I would be going into the the streets with guys and I'd be like, right, what do you want? And I would know what, what working class loyalists want. And then I would go to some sort of funding body and I'd say, listen, I know what working class loyalists want. I need some money. And they're like, well, what are you going to spend the money for? And I'd be like, I'm going to go. I'm going to book UB40. and They're going to do a live concert. They're going to do a live concert in Newton Abbey. All the loyalists are going to... Put down the petrol bombs and just start jiving the UB40 because there's nothing loyalists love more than UB40. And that's my suggestion. You know, and people are like, oh, it's very one-sided. What about the nationalists? Get the same pot of money. Get the Wolf Tones in the fuck. Get them in. Get UB40 in the Wolf Tones. Do a joint, joint concert in the middle of Belfast. City centre. Invite everybody down. And let's just all, all be mates. You know what I mean? It's just... But Storm is too nice a place to be filled was a hate peddling bastards. And another thing, too, the best comedy in the world is whenever politicians demand someone from the other side resigns. And then they just go, nah, not going to do that. Arlene, you spent waste a lot of money on that art. Resign. Nah, you're all right. Michelle, you've been preaching about um, coronavirus and don't be breaching lockdown restrictions. Wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. And then you went to Bobby Story's funeral. Resign. She's like, nah or if, you know, she wants to speak the native tongue, Nash, but each to their own. You know, it's just fucking doing my head and, and I wish more middle-of-the-road people who just care about their own families, their own jobs, their own lives, would 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 just fucking vote and have an alternative to those fucking idiots. Ben, by the way, is a DUP member in the corner and he's just looking at me going, absolutely disgraceful, absolutely bloody disgraceful but yeah i feel like they've mugged me off i feel like once again it's just been another week where i've been mugged off i'm always getting fucking mugged off and this is what pisses me off i tell you what the thing that really got to me today now people are probably going to go that like you've just been talking about riots you've just been talking about how annoyed you are government what could possibly annoy you as much as that i will tell you what actually annoyed me more than that it annoys me more than the state of the country. More than the state of a country where my children are growing up in. And it's the fact that I went to shave my face today and I had no razors left. Only to discover my very last razor sitting on the side of the bath. You know why that is Ben? Because my wife was using it to shave her legs with. Now, you might think, that's oh, okay. Razor, shave legs, it's fine. See when I went into the bathroom top drawer in the bathroom and opened it? Three of her women specific leg shaving. Bes- products specifically designed for the female leg to be shaved or sitting in mm-hmm. the top drawer yet the one razor designed for a man's face she decides actually you know don't, I don't want to have smooth legs like a shaving woman I want ha- I want my legs to look like Davy's mush not on that was my biggest mug off so now I'm doing this podcast looking like a scruff to be fair I'm wearing like a, am wearing sports top I look like I'm literally about the head to Newton Abbey once this is all finished. I look like as soon as this is all done, I'm gone. I'm just straight on the streets. I'm straight to the Sandy Road and wrecking the place. And I might do. See what else is happening. And maybe that'll 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 take place. But the biggest mug off happened to me this week, once again, during Easter, at home doing housework. No not not like normal housework that you do day to day. At Easter you've time off so then you get you get told to do chores so you don't necessarily want to do. You know, again, I don't know if, if many people, you know, other than myself, who have, like, wives, partners, whatever, think that the other person spends a majority of their time concocting a to-do list for you. Ben, does your wife come up with things for you to do that you don't think you should be doing? 100%. And then it's just like, do this? So, my wife's like, we need to get the bushes cut. Now, last year, you know, I, what what a perfect segue, going from trimming, you know, leg hair and bushes on the literally trimming bushes. um, We got a guy out to cut the hedges and that was fine. I enjoyed it. We paid him not too much money. Cut the bushes. Sweet. This year, for some reason, my wife's just fully forgotten that that guy exists and decided I must shave the bushes. And it's like, I mean, by shave, I mean cut. Them. <laughs> uh, so I must cut them. And I was like, I, but I only have head, hand trimmers. And I just have these like Brutus the Barber beefcake type things. And she was like, don't worry. I've ordered you something, and I was like, what is it? And she just has this big thing, and it just gave to me a big fucking chainsaw. What thing is big fucking, big old chainsaw? And I was like, oh, see, yes. You know, I mean, I am very much, I would say, my hand... My hands are very—they're moisturized. I've soft hands. I'm one of these guys who doesn't cope with the cold or being outside. My—I'm designed to be slouched on a sofa, playing my PlayStation in my boxers. That's what I'm designed for. I'm not a farmer. I'm not a guy that's going to be out just in the streets you know, farming. Like, is that where they even farm? Shows you how much I know. In the fields. You know, I'm in the streets farming. Farmers just farm everywhere. In the streets, in offices, in fields. Hey, who knows? They just fucking, in the ocean, they just farm. So, I'm not designed to be doing that. But yet, as soon as my hands were filled with this chainsaw, I automatically just felt my dick getting bigger not in a sexual way not at just growing in length my balls getting fuller and bigger like I just felt my head getting bigger my hands getting bigger I was just like I'm turning my hands getting harder I got calluses and all I just feel like I'm turning to real man's man here This fucking chainsaw and then like you know whenever you get do any of you get a chainsaw ever? Have you ever had your hands seen your hands in a chainsaw you just start acting like leather face and going fucking I got a chainsaw you're fucking loving it Arrgh. you're going crazy and then I said to my wife I'm like take a photo of me holding this chainsaw and then she went no and i went come on for social media get it for me holding this chainsaw. i feel such a ah and she went it's not a chainsaw and i went well, what the fuck is it? And she went, it's a hedge trimmer. And I went, uh, potato, potato, they're the fucking same thing. You lob somebody's head off with it and that's all I need. And she was like, no, it's definitely not a chainsaw. can I not just call it a chainsaw? She went, no, a chainsaw is something entirely different. It's got petrol, it's a big fucking chain around it. This is literally just, looks like the, the mouth of an alligator with some wire on the end of it, right? And I said, no, listen, we're calling it a chainsaw. That's what I'm going with and that's it. And she went, definitely not a chainsaw and I said it's it's as intimidating as one it's as dangerous as one and she went it isn't and I went yes it is and then she went it isn't I went yes it is and she goes why is the movie called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and not the Texas Hedge Trimmer Massacre and I went well it doesn't sound as good you know, the Texas Hedge Trimmer Massacre sounds like somebody who you... like sounds like an inexperienced gardener you'd hired to cut back your very specific petunias, and he just fucked it, just fucked them out of the roots with his hedge trimmer. That's what it sounds like. So she mugged me off of that. She, it's a hedge trimmer. And then she went, I actually bought the hedge trimmer for me to do the bushes. And I went, well, why did you give it to me to do if you bought it for you to do? And she's like, if the... Like, such a... Like, like a woman from, like, the, the 1800s. She was like... If the notion takes me, I might do it myself. Notion didn't t- take to her at all. She just got it with a wire. I wanted a battery pack one so was, you know you could, it looks more like a chainsaw. There's no wire attached. She insisted the wire because it's lighter. And if, she, if the mood took her... Now, my wife is a lot of things, a lot of great things. Wonderful woman, love her to bits. One thing she is is extremely clumsy, you know. And I said to her, listen, I don't want you touching this. And I started to proceed to give her a health and safety lesson about the handling of chainsaws and she was like again I don't know why you keep telling me about the safety of chainsaws when this is a hedge I said Catherine listen to me you can't go near it because one false move one lack of concentration now I say my wife would you know it doesn't bode well for me in marriage by the way but she gets bored quite easily so I mean after a while she would be like this is boring I want to go but this is boring so she said to me right you Do this, and then if I fancy, I'm gonna go have a go. And I said, you will never touch my chainsaw. It's too dangerous. I don't want you hurting yourself. Don't want you wrecking anything. Leave it to me. I'm an expert. And then she goes, so you're gonna go and get a ladder and climb and do the top of the trees. And I went, no, because I'm not climbing a ladder with a chainsaw, it's dangerous, if I fall, my leg could go, anything could happen, it could be a disaster, like, I watched the TV show, Curious and Unusual Deaths, I've seen all the way people go, and it's a lot more random than, than literally falling off a ladder with a chainsaw, which would be how I would die in this instant, because my ladder is supposed to hold, like, 80 kilograms, and I'm, but my leg's potentially 80 kilograms, you know, so I said no, and then she went, well, I can do it, I'll climb the ladder, and I said, you're absolutely not doing it. You're absolutely not doing it. You can barely stand on your own two feet normally, let alone on top of a ladder with a chainsaw a hedge trimmer I said, chainsaw. So I said, no, you're not doing it. Leave it to the master. That's fine. Now people are probably going, why are you so adamant that you have to cut these bushes? Like, why could you just not do it? And the answer is because we're getting a dog. Our dog perished in the middle of lockdown. Now, did he die of natural causes? Yes, if by natural causes you mean he bit her daughter and we had him executed. Yes, that's what happened to her dog. So after that's passed, we've decided we'll get another dog. You know, and then that's whatever happens, happens. So we're getting another dog. We need to make sure it can't escape. So I cut all the bushes back in order for me me and my svelte body to climb behind bushes and put like fucking mesh up to stop the dog from escaping. So that's why, why there's such a pressing press issue of the bushes being cut. So that's fine. So on the day, my wife was doing some more imp- very important tasks like, you know, in the garden. As much as I cut back basically the entire garden, cut the grass, cut all the bushes back, went to the dump with all the leftover leaves, you know, filled up bags of rubbish, removed all the, the excess wiring from the previous dog that was there, you know, filled out the hose, took them, brought them to the dump, whatever. You know, My wife did equally as much as me that day. She power hosed probably two meters square and painted a chair. And that's fine. But then her friend called around. So she's out the front chatting to her friend. And I'm like, listen, I just finished these bushes, sorted out. So that's grand. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm cutting the bushes, minding my own business. Then all of a sudden I take a step back with the chainsaw in my hand. And it feels like I've maybe stood on the wire of the chainsaw a bit. Now again, you're probably like, why is the chainsaw got a wire? And then it's, it felt a wee bit like the the, the wire had pop, like popped a little bit under my foot. What had actually happened, and I look back, I was like, this is weird. Have I tripped over this? I look back, and the wire of the chainsaw was on the ground. And then the other end of the, the wire was hanging off the back of the chainsaw, which we'd just gotten that day. So what had actually happened was in some way, I was trimming bush, and I just flipped the wire. And just cut the wire clean off with the chainsaw. So brand new, um, you know, 80 pound set of hedge trimmers. I just cut cut in half, ruined. So after me sitting there lecturing my wife at extreme length about her being clumsy, I can't trust you, I'm looking out for your health and safety. You know, really mansplaining everything to her. You know, not manscaping, mansplaining. And with hindsight, mugged myself off. So I did what any man would do. I, you know, owned up. I said, look, I've accidentally caught the wire, the chainsaw here. its cut. It happens to anybody, you know, whatever. And I'll i will take it back and deal with it. You know, I did that. Obviously, I didn't do that. What I did was I took the, the chainsaw, I put it back in the box that came in and I cell-taped it up and put it in the garage in the hope that she's not ever going to find out. But then, of course, like a lady from the 1800s, she, you know, she just decided she was going to have a go. find found out, got rumbled, game's up. So I had to take... My chainsaw to a lawnmower repair factory today in Bangor. Had to go in with my tail between my legs and say to a real man, not a man who got his hands on a chainsaw and grew all these calluses and big dicks and balls, just an actual old man who probably knocked seven sheets of shit out of me, not because he's bigger or stronger or a better fighter, just because he's a real man. I had to walk in there like a little like a little fruity schoolboy and be like, I'm sorry, I used this wire for the first time and cut it in half. And he was like, oh, why?" Fucking boys shouldn't be playing with man's tools. And I was like, what? And he goes, Boy sh- see, we lads, we lads shouldn't fucking put their hands on big man's tools, if you know what I mean, bro. I was like, no, Tony goes, listen, see, we fellas, we fellas shouldn't touch big man's tools, all right? And I was like, I don't know what you're going to go. He goes, see, we boys, you shouldn't touch men's cocks, all right? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, Ian. He goes, "Not nah, me neither, I lost myself, but leave your wee so I mean, I'll fix the wire, all right? And then come and get it on Friday. And don't touch an arm man's dick. And I was like, All right, Ian. See you later. So that's where we're at with that. Mugged myself off. Got on my high horse trying to. And again, people are probably like, "You shouldn't have tried to explain to your wife, blah blah." Genuinely, I did cut the wire of the chainsaw, but she she would have fallen, guaranteed fallen, because our garden's like that. And if you put a ladder like that, you know, my wife is no balance. She would have fallen. and She would have probably, you know, cut her leg off or something with the chain. And it is what it is. So, I mean, I do feel bad, but I would definitely not encourage anybody with no experiences of chainsaws to climb ladders with chainsaws. You're not in the circus. You don't be doing that. It's dangerous. And even if if an expert like myself will cut his wire and first go, hey, there we are. But that's it. That's what I'm all about. I'm all about learning and growing as a person. If you make mistakes, you put your hands up and you say, hey, it'll happen to the best of us. It is what it is. I made an error and, I, and I've manned up, I went to see Ian, and that was it, you know what I mean, we did it, we did it, so, that's what happened, and again, another life lesson <laughs> we had, I've really forgot about this, and, um, was we were we were driving, so after I took the kids to Mumolams Park, decided that there's a load of dickheads up in Stormont, and uh, went to leave my wee, uh, wee, my wee chainsaw into the lawnmower repair centre when I was given the advice listen, little boys shouldn't play with men's bellions, all right? After that, I decided the kids are still awake, let's go for a little bit of a drive and try and tire them out. <clears throat> so we went down sort of to the direction of Donaghadee because for those of you who don't know, in North Down, in Donaghadee, North Down's a beautiful coastal route. You know, it's it, down the peninsula, it's a lovely drive, you know. And Donaghydee is especially beautiful. <clears throat> I got a nice wee lighthouse and all, very quaint. So we decided to go there. Now, what's great is on the way to Donaghydee, there is an island off the coast called the Copeland Islands. And they're just normal wee islands. Now, to, to normal people, that's just the wee island that's in the sea. To me, I have to make a whole lie to threaten my, my children to behave um, I try to use wee, wee things, like obviously when you're growing up, different people have different things to like try to coerce them into behaving. Um, so for me, I just had this. I said to my, my daughter with being Easter, I was like, listen, you need to be a good girl or else it started off or else the Easter bunny won't come and give you any eggs. And like to begin with, she was like, okay, I'll behave because listen, I'm a little porker, I want chocolate. That's fine. Then when her behaviour got worse, and I said, listen, Easter Bunny won't come and give you eggs, she was like, you know, she didn't say this because she doesn't know these words. She went, I can give fucked fuck that. I'm going to still be bad, and you can fuck off. But she basically went, no, no, just the same. And I was like, right, listen, if you keep being bad, the Easter Bunny's not coming. And she just kept saying... No, no, it's, that's, that's it. And I was like, right, well, what can I do? And then I was like, well, if you keep being bad, the Easter Bunny, and then went from the Easter Bunny won't bring you chocolate to, the Easter Bunny will come to the house and kidnap you. He will take you away. And she was like, I don't want to be taken away. And I was like, well, then you got to behave then, don't you? And then she started to behave. So I was all fine. So then what we started to do is when she was bad, I would just play an alarm on my phone. And then when it would go off, it was the Easter Bunny alarm, so he was hearing her being bad. And then I was like, oh, and I had to do the whole fake phone call. I was like, hello, is that the Easter Bunny? And then she was going, I'm sorry, Daddy, I'm sorry. I'm like, hold on. She's behaving, don't worry. You don't have to, you don't have to come and kidnap her. So that's fine. Then one day, we were just driving along, and she goes, oh, that island there. Without a heartbeat, I went, oh, that's where the Easter Bunny lives, and that's where we will take you if you're bad. <laughs> Terrified. Wouldn't look out the window anymore. Frightened. So that was one of my life lessons, how to do that. Now, people are probably listening to this going, that's quite traumatic, for a child who threatened to be kidnapped by the Easter Bunny, now I was only I was one moment short of showing her the photo of the bunny from Donnie Darko to say that is Easter Bunny. Thought that was too far even for me, but as a child, I was threatened by my parents, and it worked. You know, they were like they would have said things like, "My mum, I always remember. There's two. There's two things I remember my parents threatening me with, and they were worse than just the Easter Bunny. Because the Easter Bunny has redeeming features. Because if you're good." You know, the Easter bunny forgives you, you know, and he brings you chocolate eggs and you have a good time. And that's what happened. It's all good in the hood. But my parents um, had two threats that, again, I would say my parents, to be fair, when I absolve my dad of any wrongdoing here, this was entirely driven by my mother. My mother was, like, my dad would have given me a smack if it was bad or, you know, threatened me. Oh, see, you uh, don't touch me. don't touch with dad's dicks. Mm, I be okay, no worries, Dad. Whereas my mum was like she was cerebral with her threats, you know, she really thought them through. Evil. You know, like if you were out in public and you were bad, your mum would nip you behind the arms so people couldn't see but you was really Yeah, fucked. But my mum's threats were always if I went to a petrol station and she was going in, she'd be like, Don't you be messing around or else and you're probably going, you know, or else I'll, I'll be really cross, would would have probably suffice, but she'd be like, don't you mess around the car when I go in here to pay, or else the IRA are going to shoot you. And I was like five or six, being like, fuck, stricken by fear in the backseat of the car, being like, I better not move in case. And I just thought, when you're that age, that, that's what happens in the troubles, you just get shot, That was fine. But the worst that had me com- like completely petrified until I was an adult, was we used to go to holidays, to Jersey. Not not fucking Jersey, but Jersey and the Channel Islands. That's where we went for our holidays most years. It was grand. And there was this book that existed called The Beast of Jersey. There's there that's what he looks like there. As you can see, scary guy. You know, frightening for a child. And I never knew what exactly this particular dude did. You know, I just thought scary looking guy, I'll behave. You know, so then with that there was like a picture of him. Scared you definitely, but my parents would just make up stories because obviously he's terrible, and he doesn't live in the Copeland Islands. That's ridiculous, you know. Let alone does he kidnap kids? I don't know him well enough to say whether he does or not. So my story could be plausible, but they were like, "See this guy, what he would do if kids are bad, he would come and he would sneak into rooms at night and he would kill them." So, I mean, unless you want to be a murdered, son, you'd behave. And I thought oh, that is terrifying. Now, he looked just like 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 Michael Myers type character, so it was frightening. And then it got to the point where I was so afraid of this book. that any time I saw it, I would like fully panic and almost break down and cry. And like this was probably up until I was like twelve or thirteen. I was just fucking terrified of this book. And then um, whenever I became like an adult and I was in Jersey again as like a seventeen year old or something, I bought the book and I was like, you know what? I'm not, you know I'm not like you know in in Home Alone when Kevin faces the way like. Hater in the corner and he's like, I'm not scared of you anymore. I'm like, I will read this book. I'm not scared of you anymore. And I read the Beast of Jersey book. Turns out the guy was a real guy. He did break into children's rooms, except he just molested them. So basically my parents were saying, if you don't behave, there's a scary man's going to break into your room and molest you. All right, which is a terrifying threat. I mean, I was parents in the 90s. You know, they've changed a the bit now. I tell my kids, you may pretend... Like, I didn't say there was anything bad about being taken by Easter Bunny, just that you wouldn't get to live in the house with me anymore as a great guy. You know, so... Whereas my parents were having me basically molested and murdered. Um, which, you know... And then people wonder why I get as irate as I do, and I'm the way I am. You know, probably that. And again, once again, I want to say my mother, not my dad. Dad's fine. Mum, sly. Very sly. Threatening me with those things. But... Anyway, we're on the way down to day. We got Segway, there, are we? But we're on the way down to Donegadee and, <laughs> and as we're driving along, um, my wife goes to me, Oh, would you look at that? <laughs> and I went, What? She goes, It's a dead pheasant and he said peasant there. <laughs> Which I mean it's the most north down thing to be driving along the road. Look look, my darling, there's a dead peasant on the roadside. And um there, there was genuinely a dead pheasant lying in the road and she, my wife is a big animal lover which is why we're getting a dog because I think, you know, listen, do we need a dog? We've already got two small kids. Heads are turned. Don't sleep as it is. Do we need a dog? Probably not. She wanted one. I'm a softie. We'll get it. So she saw this dead, pe- the dead pheasant and was like, that's really sad. But then without... Without any warning, the pheasant just starts slithering across the road like a snake. Its head was moving, but its legs couldn't. And she started having like a full panic attack, be like, "Oh, what do you want to do with this pheasant?" And I was like, "What do you? What do? You, what should we do? She, we need to put it out of its misery." And I was like, "But I don't have. All I have a fucking." Son. A bucking spear for the beach. I'm like, do you want me to get out and like fucking boot this pheasant in the face and hit it with it with a child's spade? And then she was like, no, and she sort of was like so stressed. It was such a weird because like it genuinely looked like like a snake. You couldn't it's its wing was in, you couldn't see any feet. It was just going like this across the road. It was so freaky. And then my my wife just having mugged me off by making me cut the bushes, amongst other things, got me with one final mug off. She just went I'm sure there's probably going to be a proper old hard man walking past soon. We'll put it out of its misery to say that I wasn't hard enough to murder a dead pheasant, which wasn't dead. Hurtful. But in a roundabout way, she was right, you know. And then hopefully we'll go back to Ian in the lawnmower repair centre and I'll be, you know, emasculated a little bit more. But yeah, life lessons are, if you see a dead pheasant on the roadside, fuck it. Drive on by. Don't get into an argument because you never know. It could have chlamydia or something. And if you break its neck, you get the blood on you, next thing you know. You've got chlamydia. Try explaining that one. Guys, anyway, Ben, how long have I been talking shit for? It feels like far too long. It's just under forty. Far too long is right. Good and as well, like as well, I was I don't even know. I was about to do the, the sponsorship reads in the Patreon, but I've already done that. But you can do if you do want to support the podcast is rate and review it. Um, we've got a new review this week, and it, it's simple. It says 10 out of 10. Davis hands down one of the funniest people. Can't wait for a show in the Ulster Hall, which, by the way, reminds me. I have a show in the Ulster Hall in December that I've not talked about in this week's podcast. Um, Tickets are moving really well for it. There's a wee video. It might be out this week. I don't know if it will be or not because I'm not the editor of it. So hopefully it will be. It's going to be a nice time. Um. Hopefully you find it funny and it encourages you to buy tickets to my show. What about that? Um on the seventeenth of December. The show's called Pillow Talks, come together nicely. Some more life lessons there and threats. Come and uh, come and check that out. And thank you for that review. Who I think it was Jordan Robinson, you know, another comedian, telling me that I am one of the funniest people. I mean that is hyper, as a man who knows. Saying one of the funniest guys, you know. He's also quite funny too. You know, not as funny as the funniest guy, but I mean, is anyone, I don't know, but he's he, he's potentially up there. I'm a fan of his. It's turned into a little bit of a sort of you know, dick sucking thing here, and, you know, makes Ben uncomfortable when I start sucking dick on the podcast, so I'll swiftly, uh, swiftly move on. Um, tell listeners questions this week, and then we will, uh, we will close it off, but seriously, if you do enjoy the podcast, you know, rate and review it. It does help. We're trying to, you know, focus a bit more this week. has been a little bit scatty because of so many. I'm just so annoyed. I feel my blood pressure's too high. I probably look very bent. I look red. Th- top, <laughs> that's that's why you're that's why you're on the payroll. You say the right things, my friend. But yeah, I do feel I feel angry this week. I feel annoyed. I feel tired. That's only going to get worse when I get this dog. But what I might do, see if my dog's a good boy, I'll bring him to. The studio because my old dog mr charlie the chinese shih tzu my my wise old friend used to just sit at my feet when i did the podcast in my house and yeah whenever he died i kind of i kind of missed that about him but you know hopefully the new dog i'm getting is going to be a big boy but whether or not he will suit being in here i don't know ben would you be comfortable with a big dog being in here during our recording Absolutely. yeah i mean it could be I, I, see if he kicks off he'll wreck this place but hey what an exciting episode that would be. <laughs> Just a dog fucking galloping around, eating everything. We're going to have to fucking try and keep my babe with a more 3.0 shaving match and you're bringing a new dog home to your wife fully shaving. What happened? Well, I didn't know how to... It was either going to be this end with the hair or this end. By the way, I have been reading... I don't know if you, you've a dog, Ben, don't you? Yeah. I have heard that if dogs are attacking people, what you need... I've heard that when dogs are attacking people, what you should do is... Put your finger up its bum. Have you heard that? No. Right, hold on. I'm going to Google putting your finger up a dog's bum. Um, hold on. Angry dog finger up bum. Up bum. Um, okay, yeah, it is a fact. Um. <laughs> I mean, there's actually an article I'm about to read called... Will sticking your finger up at those dogs', dog's butts stop an attack? Um, <laughs> um, I don't know what this is. This may just be like a blog, but it's enjoyable. It's only the end of June already. I have three run-ins with large dogs in the loose in my neighborhood. Last night, a black Great Dane ran out barking at my daughter while we were riding our bikes. My wife and I both yelled loudly, and that was enough to get this dog to back down. Turns out, yelling's the wrong thing to do. Okay. Putting aside the fact that dog owners should be responsible and not allow dogs to roam the streets in residential neighbourhoods got me wondering what I could do if a dog ever did attack. Now, what I like about this is the guy's first thought is, "A oh, finger it's an asshole. Now, <laughs> why that's great is because I think this guy's being like, listen, I don't have any fa-. like Like myself, a single word sign, I have no facts whether this works or not. But I reckon if you fucking thrust a digit up a dog's pooper, it's not going to like it. So, here's some of the things that this is what this guy found out if a dog ever did attack. Some of the things he found out while Googling the topic, right? There are three things this particular dude found out, right, when he Googled how to stop a dog attacking you. Number one, dog mace. So, according to this website, the spray will not only stop most attacks, but it'll also mark the dog with a UV dye so the dog can be identified later if needed, which is pretty dope. You know, make, making, you know you're tightening on dogs, you're spray painting them, and then you can see them with UV lights. I like that. And then you know what happens? Dogs, unfortunately, don't go to prison. Dogs get put down. So, that's a double mug off. You blind it, ah, and then you get it killed. I mean, fair punishment. Second ways um, says you should avoid acting, acting aggressive or stressed or yell at the dog. You should stay. Now, this is definitely going zero to 100. If one of the advices is stay calm, <laughs> don't make eye contact with the dog. You know, just it tells the dog that you're not threatening to them and you just want the space that you're in. And if you're attacked, resist the urge to pull away. If the dog is latched on, try lifting the dog's legs off the ground. So how does it go from just being like, listen, you're, go- you're, going- you're seeing an angry dog being like, listen, I mean no harm. How do you go from that to just fucking shoving your finger up its hole? I like guess definitely, <laughs> definitely a-, a flip. Now I love how Americans write this. Number three advice, sticking your finger up its butt. <laughs> Some say this will cause a dog to let go. Well, this option is certainly not pretty. I suppose you can see how it might surprise the dog and make it let go. If you're being the aggressor in a situation and somebody took this route with me, I'd certainly back down. I mean, that is true. That said, the National Dog Breeders' Council claims that this is a myth. Aggressive breeds have been known to fight with broken legs, so probably wouldn't take a little issue biting you if they put the finger up its bum. And weirdly, it says after this, it might actually enjoy it. Like, who? Why? Why? Someone felt the need to write that? So... <laughs> Well, how it ends is so what would happen would be you you put your finger up it's butt then it says so you're still bitten you're bleeding you look ridiculous and your hand smells like shit <laughs> oh Jesus and what I'm saying is I'm going to be a responsible dog owner but hey see if this motherfucker ever comes at me I <laughs> uh, I love that somebody just made that up. You know, someone's like like someone's like, listen, if a dog Tashia, finger asshole. This dog breeders page like fully made up. Just that's just full lies. And I love it. And what worries me is, you know, sometimes you hear things but you think it's true, you forget about it, and it's in the back of your mind. So if that situation ever happens, you're like Like, do you ever remember when you were growing up, you were told if you get into a fight and you hit somebody like this up the nose? Like there's just this big sharp shard that just shoots in their brain and kills them instantly. What I didn't realise is this is just this is just cartilage and then there's a hole in your head. <laughs> so all it is, all you do is just really smush their nose and end them up looking like Steve Bruce. There'd be none of this killing shit, you know? So and they also another thing, wasn't it, whenever you're like watching Kung Fu movies, you hit a judo chop like here and people just fucking drop down. You know, imagine that for a thing. you just a, a judo master. You, or like if a martial arts king comes at you, thrust that up your nose, knocks you unconscious and it fingers your ass. <laughs> It'd be quite a, a lethal attack. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's a new martial arts, Jushitsu. <laughs> I don't even know. That. <laughs> that could be entirely offensive. But hey, how do, how do we even get on that? Anyhow, listeners' questions. Naomi has said, in the words of Meatloaf, I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. And then, believe it or not, sent me a story about fingering dogs, no, um, she actually sent me a different story, which knowing Naomi is going to be perverse. Let's see, oh yes. Fetishist... Cheers, no gnomes for that one. How am I... Fetishist... Husband made wife... For fuck's sake. Fetishist husband made wife pretend to be amputee for sex. And now he wants to chop his healthy limb off. Wow. I mean, what I like about this is there's actually no story. It's it's just a headline. <laughs> I mean, please let me see. A fetishist husband made wife potential. The woman says her husband made her cover the bottom of her leg with a towel during sex. And now he wants to amputate one of his own limbs. I mean, as a married man, my fetish is just, you know, for my wife to maybe just touch me. You know, maybe that's as far as my, you'd be like, oh, what are you into? And I'd be like, oh, just, you know, you know, just if you just touch me and stuff. Yeah. But then obviously, too, we're terrified to do anything in case we have another child. Yeah, it's just, it's all done. Um, but Ben, I mean, can you try and get that story up for me? Because I'd like, I'd like to get into that. But I feel like um, I I, I don't. Oh, it's working. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it would, because uh, Metro's a weird website, but here, hold on. A husband made his wife pretend to be an amputee, now he was cut off one of his healthy limbs to satisfy his growing fetish. The man's unnamed wife wrote to Abigail Van Buren, the agony aunt column, after her husband asked her to cover up part of her leg with a tile during sex to make it look like an amputee. She said that her marriage of six years was mostly, mostly blissful. Um. And she had initially tried to maintain an open mind about her husband's fetish until recently. The United States based woman wrote three months ago he asked if we could do some role playing where we hid my leg under a towel to give the appearance of having a below the knee amputation, which he says is his favourite. Wow. I didn't like it, but I went ahead with it. <laughs> but now things are getting too much for me. He recently <laughs> told <laughs> Oh no. He recently told me that not only does he find amputees attractive, but he wants to be one. Van Buren's daughter, Janine Phillips, who now writes for the column on behalf of her late mother, answered the concerned woman by explaining her husband's desire to remove one of his own limbs is known as integrity identity disorder. She commented that the woman should do further research on the desire, but also sounded a note of caution for the marriage. She wrote, you should also consult a licensed psychotherapist to get help to decide whether this fetish is something you're prepared to live with, or it's time to end your marriage. I mean, imagine the divorce... You know why people, if they divorce, they say irreconcilable differences? Imagine if you're like, well, well, what exactly were the irreconcilable differences? And you'd be like, well, he wants to cut his own leg off. You'd be like, ah, that's a problem. Um, A sexual interest in amputees is known as actromophilia, while the sexual desire to become an amputee... How is that a sexual desire? Like, who would get a root by chopping it? I don't know. Um... The condition is mentioned by Phillips in a reply occurs when a person wants to remove one of their own limbs or paralyze themselves, although not necessarily out of sexual desire. The disorder is rare and has been triggered ongoing debates among medical ethics experts about whether anyone is ever entitled to ask for amputation of one of their own healthy limbs. Well, there you have it. Um, I actually have a friend who often jokes about wanting to cut his own penis off. Could potentially be true. Um... You know what? Back to Naomi's actual quote and in the words of Meatloaf, I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. Yeah, I mean, if that was what Meatloaf was singing about, that's what the, 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 the actual, um, the reveal of the story is. It was Meatloaf <laughs> who actually doing that. And do... Good old Meatloaf, I love him. Um, Johnny Bo said, What's the weirdest compliment you have ever received? Um don't know you know to be fair i don't really get too many compliments um you know i guess i mean could could get very personal here but i mean i think i've probably uh you know ridiculed my, my dearest wife too much in this episode so um you know so i'll tell you what it was one somebody i i used to work with came to see me do stand-up once and afterwards like i've never seen anyone more shocked in my life, they were like, you were actually really funny, mate. Like, I, I wouldn't have thought it. And I'm like, obviously I'm doing a fucking day job, not parading around, being hilarious, but he's like, mate, I, to be, I used to almost, to be honest, mate, I always thought you were a shy crack. I like, I just came to watch you do stand-up because I think you're an arsehole and I wanted you to each, I meant, listen, hey, it is what it is. And uh, that was a weird compliment because it was an insult. It was like, on a day-to-day basis, I think you're a grumpy bastard, but when you do that, you're decent. So that's probably... One of the the weirdest compliments um I've ever received. Uh, what else happened? Yeah, someone once also once told me that they really enjoyed the videos it did with with Keith Cruz, but that's Karen Bartlett, so that's a weird compliment also because not me. Um, Helena said, "Oh, FFS, it's moved on to another level." I know you love to rant about sea swimmers, but a new trend has emerged, and it's about ampute... no um and it's about s- oh no, sea swimming birthday parties. My nine-year-old daughter was invited to Helens Bay where parents and children donned wetsuits and splashed about in the water for an hour. I watched on with a hot chocolate and a warm coat and um, then Helen followed up on that. She just wanted to let me know that these evil people exist. Now last week we spoke about the evil of Lil Nas X riding the devil. Now at that point I had only seen the video of him with the devil. Since then I've watched the, the whole video and it's ridiculous, so for people being offended about that, grow up also Lil Nas X, or as I like to call him, Lil Nas Kiss, he's actually number one in the charts, so he's selling shoes with human blood in them, and he's just cashing checks baby, and all from fucking the devil, so there we have it, respect Lil Nas X, but anyway Helen says, I'm not sure if I missed this but honestly, a nine year old sea swimming party, and had to buy a wetsuit for her, and to top it off she loved it I may have to trade her in. You could trade her in, or what you could also do is, you know, just maybe attach, like, weight to her wetsuit, which is in there. Unfortunately, I know it's your daughter. You wouldn't like something like that to happen. Sometimes needs must-telling. You have to, you know, the greater good. If you have to take if your daughter's a sea swimmer, you know, got to take, like, if my daughter became a sea swimmer, borstal, that's where she would end up. And no other, she'd be a teenager or an adult. That's still send her to a Borstel. You're going to borstal. Um... Definitely get rid of her. Andy Leah said, question for the podcast. Oh, how appropriate. Other than sea swimming, what's your least favourite lockdown trend? Also, what's been your favourite? My favourite lockdown trend has been not seeing people. And um, my least favourite lockdown trend, bar sea swimming, has been, you know, probably probably banana bread. Because, I mean, it's stinking. Like, it's going fucking make muffins and shit. You know, go make nice stuff. Make tray bakes. Make brownies. Banana bread? Why the fuck? Stupid bastards. Um Phil has said Did you enjoy yourself in New this weekend? So original. Hilarious. Um, yeah, I did. You know, I did. It's good fun. Gaz said, How would you stop the riots in Belfast? Hey, covered that earlier. KUB40. Do a live concert. Just get them down to I don't know. Where, just outside Victoria Square. Just you know what, you do you get big speakers going to the riot center, like you know, the Pied Piper of Hamlin. Get it, get a guy, and just call the pipe Piper of Crumlin. Get him up there to the, and just start playing on his wee flute. <coughs> <coughs> And then just sort of follow them down to Victoria Square and watch U B forty. And I mean all the riders would be like, I fucking I, I fucking hate the police and I hate fucking the shinners and all all losing the fucking seaboard and not, but I love U B forty. Ali Campbell, number one. I love two things, three things, Buckfast, Rangers and U B forty, alright. Um so yeah, get them to do that. Jamie Lee has said <laughs> Did you have any Easter eggs over the weekend and what was your egg of choice? I mean, I feel I feel targeted here, actually, Jamie Lee. Not by you, by my, my my coach, John Joe, who's good at me for having a pizza this weekend, for having tray bakes this weekend. And yes, I had an Easter egg and a Galaxy Easter egg, to be fair. Unless I'm a three-year-old, can't eat that much sugar, so I had to eat a lot of her Easter eggs as well. Um, and also... Jamie Lee continues, I got two goldfish today and just realised I've unintentionally named one after you. Dave, meet Dave, the one on the right. He loves swimming, but not in the sea. You'll be glad to know. And the other one's called Lillian. So there you go. Dave and Lillian. Nice. And what I want to say, Dave and Lillian look very much like my fish, Simon and Gaston. Um, So respect. Chris has said, what is your secret for those glorious traps? A bright rose and those things. Um... Johnny Maxwell said what are your thoughts on Chris D'Elia making his comeback you know it's been hard you know to listen to you know I tried to listen to on his podcast see what he'd say but he just sounds like the world's most miserable guy that's not a fun listen. you know obviously if he is a full on sex pervert criminal you know go through the courts and go to prison but you know if he, if he hasn't broken any laws and he's just a creep you know he should be allowed to you know, try to try to work because I mean, what what baffles me is there's like, obviously we live in a country whereby, you know, people in power have murdered people, and that's grand. We're just sweet with it, you know. Uh, OJ Simpson's like working for betting companies. Hi, Twitter world, it's me. OJ, your boy, like calling yourself your boy when, you, when you've murdered people is is crude. It's your boy, OJ Simpson. You're like you're not my boy. You're a scary man, a cri- definite criminal. But you know we forgive guys like that. So if you know if Crystal Lee is just a pervert, you know a creep guy, you know what can you do? But if he's if he's actually a criminal paedophile, no. Um, and Connor Scully in the last question of the day said, "What was the biggest fuck sake moment you had at school?" Um, oh. <laughs> There's been a few like school. A lot of funny things happened. Probably the, the biggest one where I went, oh, no, uh, fuck's sake was when I uh, gave one of my best friends third-degree burns for banter. That was kind of, oh, no. Do you ever do things, Ben, have you ever done anything like that you didn't realise something was the way it was, and then you did it, and you thought, like, so in your head, something was something, and then when it happened in real life, it didn't happen the way you thought it would happen? For for, for example, my biggest fuck's sake moment in school was um, whenever a friend, we were in art class, and me and my mate, we would just mug each other off as friends do. And he was sitting there, and for some reason, like like that amputee guy, like fetishizes about like no limbs. I just looked at my mate's hand, going, "I'm gonna get him here." And I just thought, "I'm gonna just make him uncomfortable. I'm not gonna hurt him. It wasn't my intention to hurt him. Was like I'm just gonna make him mildly uncomfortable." So I got. Had a bit of balsa wood, I don't know why, like we're just doing art, building stuff. I had balsa wood, I had glue gun, so I just flicked the glue gun on. In my head I just thought it was wet glue, I didn't realise that the actual glue was boiling hot and melted down. So I was just pumping all this glue on the bit of balsa wood, feeling like, I'm going to stick this to his hand, this will be funny. So I t- 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 <laughs> loaded up this thing balsa wood, full of glue in his hand, he's tried, when I lifted it off, it like lifted half of his skin and I went, Oh, fuck's sake. And he went, fuck's sake, totally differently. And that was quite a, a big fuck sake moment. Again in our class, I had another fuck's sake moment similar. Was another friend of mine had, again, why do people tease me? You know, I can't help but react. He left his hand in my in my vision and I had to strike out. The other one, this guy had a big bag of clay on his knee and it was like a big bag of clay, but it was a plastic cover of the clay. And for some reason I had a scalpel and I just thought I'm just gonna go across and go yeah, and and cut the bag of clay. But obviously, you know, he didn't trust that I was merely going to cut the bag of clay. And whenever I came lunging at him with a scalpel, he jumped. and when he jumped, he didn't have a bag of clay, so I basically just sliced his leg. Could have probably cut his his femoral artery and killed him, but just cut his leg with a scalpel and then very much went the you know, big brother to little sibling mode. Like, Shh, don't tell, don't tell. But then he was like, I'm fucking bleeding profusely. I need to go to the, the nurse. And then they were like, how'd that happen? And then he had to basically go, well, Dave, you know, Dave stabbed me with a scalpel. And then the same, what was even better? Our nurse was called Nurse Nut, which sounds like, like something... Out of Pornhub, hey, I'm Nurse Nut, are you ready to bust one? I mean, <laughs> if anybody ever knows Miss N- Nurse Nut, so wrong. But yeah, so one week Nurse Nut's just been sent from our class with a guy with third degree burns, who had to genuinely be driven to hospital to get treatment because I had scalded him so bad. And then next week, same dude, just stabbed him with a scalpel. Knocked, doesn't look good for me. Now, what also happened to both those same boys, the first one... Um, Pushed me over, him and another, he actually got down behind me one day on all fours and me mate pushed, I fell over, trousers ripped, I got really raging. My five metre sprint speed, faster than anyone in the world. I chased after him, caught him, but only caught him like the blazer, he kept running, fell, dislocated his shoulder. And somehow my fault, sly. The other guy, hook up with scalpel, a scalpel, I rugby tackled him, I landed on top of his legs, they were crossed, snapped his leg in half, then thought he was just being a wuss, saying I'm a leg sore so put him in the ankle lock after it would broken both, both the bones of his leg. That was fine. So then a few weeks later, he, he basically got his leg put in cast, and he's like, oh, blah, 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 Had to go back to the doctors, because his foot was pretty sore, dislocated ankle. So I'd broken his leg, and i put him in the ankle lock, dislocated his ankle. I felt bad about that. and genuinely apologised to his mother. That's how bad I felt. Because again, banter sometimes goes too far, and I'm a prime example of somebody who maybe takes things a bit too far. And there you have it interesting week ben did we stick to the 45 minutes length for the podcast 105. oh for fuck's sake anyway guys thanks for listening if you haven't already rate and review the podcast go onto the youtube and subscribe if you haven't already there's a video over there go over hit the subscribe just google sly guy podcast you'll find the channel and we'll have a nice time anyway guys take care of yourselves Don't use chainsaws and don't let anybody like me near you With boiling hot glue Goodbye I'm the slack guy